Blog Talk Radio. Laura Mize, pediatric speech language pathologist with Teach Me to Talk, and boy, am I having one of those days. Let me just begin with a big apology to the two guests that we have on the show. We have a great mom. Angela, are you here? I'm here, Laura. Don't freak out because we're live. My best laid plans have gone awry. (laughs) I told Angela we would have 15 minutes to kind of warm up and get to know each other and let me ask her all these questions and kind of get over those first little jitters that everybody tends to kind of have when we do something online or, or, you know, the podcast, whatever you want to call it. Well, my plan was to schedule the show to start at 10.15 my time. They no longer allow quarter hour beginnings, so we had to just go straight live or push the show back 30 minutes. And I didn't want to do that to y'all because uh, we had planned for this time and I didn't know how much time you had allotted for the show. So we're just going to fly by the seat of our pants, which is how Sounds good. <laughs> and just Can you hear me okay on the speaker? Is that okay? There. Oh, I'm sorry. Say it again. Can you hear me okay on the speaker? Yes, I can hear okay. you just fine. Okay. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great, yes. Your this is on here as well, correct? Yes, she is. Yes, Marissa. I'm here. Hello. Okay. Hello. Tell me your name or make up one if you don't want to use your real one. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't mind. My name's Marissa. Okay, you know what? I'm having a little bit of trouble hearing you. Do you think you could turn your phone up? Okay, we're on a speakerphone in my office. So let me, okay. see. Let me just get closer to the speaker. Okay, can you hear and me I'm now? Hearing, yeah, I can hear you. And I'm hearing kind of a, are, are we somehow pushing a button? Are you guys hearing that? I am hearing a little bit of cutting out on your end. Okay, well, since we are already live, we're just going to try to do the best we can. And again, I so apologize. I realized about 15 minutes ago that this wasn't going to work as well as I had thought, and I've been doing everything I can to get that showtime pushed back 15 minutes, but nobody was able to help me at Blog Talk Radio. So, again, That's okay. sorry it about that. It seems to be that. working better now. It does. I'm not hearing that other thing either. So, all right, we're just going to go with it. So, let's kind of back up. Angela emailed me last fall and told me all about her sweet little boy. Now, Angela, you just feel free to, if you're going to use his name, that sounds great or not. We didn't even get a chance to talk about that. A lot of times people will want to change details because they don't necessarily want to be recognized. But if we're just going to go with Good. We're good. His name is Beckham, and he, yeah, we're good. Okay, good deal. So I heard your story. Uh, from last fall when you emailed that to me. So tell us a little, and then you emailed me last week and said, we need some new ideas. He's made incredible progress, um, and you just wanted to talk to me about him, and then I suggest, and you said, I need to be a guest on the podcast because I love that you've listened and that you recognize, man, this is the best way to kind of talk about him and me um, hopefully give you some new things that you 
haven't already tried. But before we kind of get, that's our purpose, why don't we back up even further and you kind of give us some history of Beckham so we'll all be on the same page and know more about him. You bet. Laura, thank you so much. I just have to tell you it's such an honor for you to have us on, and we really appreciate you and all that you do for the kids. Um, like you said, I did. I emailed you back in October because I had um, online with my frantic, you know, Google searching how to help this baby learn to talk, uh, I, had, I came across your website. And um, now Beckham was born, uh, he's a twin. He has a healthy twin who is typically developing. Um we didn't know anything was wrong, of course, during the pregnancy. Everything was healthy and great, but when he was born, uh, it was apparent there were some things wrong. He had a heart defect, and um, he had heart surgery at four months old, and it did correct the, the problems, um, so his heart is good. Um, he's also, though, had you know some low tone or hypotonia. He had... Um, some feeding difficulties that were just, you know, really, really hard to, to work through. But we did avoid um, the, a feeding tube, just barely, but we did. Awesome. Um, awesome. Are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. And so, okay. Um, he's, you know, he's had many, many hospital, hospitalizations, a couple of uh, the big open heart surgery, a couple of little surgeries here and there. Um and he had, you know, the chromosome test that they did in the hospital, and it didn't come back, you know, everything was okay. Um, so they knew that there had to be some kind of, you know, gene um, problem, yeah. you know, that, that doesn't show yeah. up on the chromosome test. So uh -huh. we had to wait and wait and wait, and finally um, the full uh, exome sequencing became available to where insurance would, you know, finally pay, and um, right. So we were able to take part in that, and then he was uh, diagnosed with um, a rare uh, anomaly. He has a, it's called the CAT K A T six A gene, and it is mm -hmm. mutated, and it seems to um, it's the gene that's in charge of, of lots of things in your brain and in your you know heart and. Um, just full every system seems to be involved in some way um he has a lot of just subtle midline defects mm -hmm. um some subtle asymmetric things in his with his face his little ears are set back just a little he's got um mm -hmm. he does have uh micronathia with you know his little chin is recessed back a little um so that caused some feeding issues of course and uh you know just all of these issues so Anyway, everything's been a struggle for this little pumpkin. He is everything he's had to learn to do has to, it has to be taught. So yeah. how to you know to grab a toy when he was a little baby? It had to be taught over and over. You know to take his little hand and put it up on the toy and um you know to teach him how to be able to do that. And um you know everything just takes really long. But once he yeah. has it, he has it. And right. so you know well with you know the words weren't coming and, and I knew that it was probably going to be you know a, a struggle uh, since everything right. else but um so we started of course I started on signs I mean when they were just little babies you know we started with signs and you know I started with more and uh -huh. I think I worked on more for about a year and a half and I thought I was going <laughs> to lose my mind because the little sweetheart could not do more and it took me that long to figure out, well, you know what? He also can't meet in midline when he claps. He misses his exactly. little hands. They just they just miss. 
And I thought, well, what makes me think he could do more? You know, he can't find more. Your little (laughs) hands have to come together in front of your body. So finally, one day, it a light bulb went off, and I, I we were doing something really fun. We were swinging. He loves his little therapy swing. And so we were swinging, and I would stop him, and I said, you know, Beckham, I know you understand everything I'm saying. I know you do. So I want you – let's figure out a way you can tell Mama that you want more of something. And I said – so do you want me to swing you? If you want Mama to swing you, tell me more. How do you want to use your hands to tell me? And so he took his little hand and, like, put it straight out, his whole arm, you know, like stuck it straight out. Uh-huh. And I said, you know what, Becca? That's going to mean more for you. You and I, that means more. And so we practiced it about a million times. I would swing yeah. him, stop, and say, do you want more? And, boy, he was so excited. And his little face, it was just, he was so relieved, like, finally, I can talk, you know, like I can communicate with my mama. And so um, that was the way he said more for a long time until just kind of recently he has figured out he can meet in the middle um, and he does more correctly now. Um, We've had to modify a lot of signs because of his coordination. You know, there's a lack of coordination. Um, And, you know, and that, I mean, I see that happening with, with, vocalization you know it's it's um he he just can't make it work and you can see his little face it's just you know he he knows what he wants to say or I mean you really feel like he does he wants to imitate the word or whatever it is we're trying to do but he cannot figure out how to make it come out um his receptive skills are actually very 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 good um, okay. There are some gaps here and there in not necessarily in receptive skills, but just overall. You know, I noticed that there's a gap here and there that's kind of odd, but um, it's nothing that I can't usually, you know, fix um, with some direct instruction. And it, it does take a lot. I mean, I play on the floor every day, all day, Laura. I get nothing else done, just like <laughs> I've heard you say in your in your podcast. You know, if you're doing it right, you're not getting any housework done. You're not doing anything because you're in the floor playing with that kiddo all day long. And I'm telling you, all day, we have focused playtime all day long, even after bath. Like, I don't I don't quit till we're in bed. And then when we're in bed, we're still playing. We're still, you know, I'm imitating what sounds he's making or, you know, I just try not to waste one second because I, I was so encouraged, though. I mean, he was doing, you know, he was doing well and his receptive skills were pretty good. But, Laura, once I got your, your books and your manual and talked to you, you know, when we emailed and you really encouraged me, he, his progress was just it was unbelievable. I mean, I couldn't and believe. And let me just stop you for a second, Angela. Do you know why he made such good progress? It's because of you and your commitment and your dedication to saying, "I am not going to waste one millisecond here. We're going to be on this, and we're going to be on it all day. And I don't care if the laundry piles up and we don't have a clean dish in the house. You know, it doesn't matter. We're going to do that. And all of that determination." is what's making him achieve far beyond what other children with his particular genetic mutation have been able to um, accomplish. Because didn't you tell me that only a couple of kids out of the 15 or so that you know about are verbal, right? 
Yes, ma'am. We um we now um, have there's about 15 others with this gene mutation that we know about, and yes, only a couple of them are verbal, and every one of them, you know, communication skills are just, you know, expressive language is is just so so difficult, and um, yeah. uh, you know, like several of them use signs. Um, and some of them use device, you know, the AAC mm -hmm. device. Um, right. Now, Beckham, he responded really well um, real early on. I started – and let me just back up, too, and say, you know, I've been trying to get um, speech services for him for, I mean, a long time. You know, that, that was yeah. one of the first things I was like, okay, ECI, because he does – he is seen by ECI, our early childhood program. He's seen for PT – um, for OT, for the developmental interventionist comes, and we have a nutritionist as well. Um, and they are absolutely fantastic. I mean, yeah. they're just all wonderful. And so I was but like, okay, when can speech come? You know, when, and, yeah. and they said, well, we have to wait till he's two. So finally when he was two, you know, they came and um, evaluated him and said, yeah, sure, I'll see him once a month. And so that just wasn't going to work. And then, um, you know, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't enough. And, you know, of course, we have had, you know, sometimes, you know, you'll have people say, well, let's just wait. I mean, it's, everything else has taken them a while to do. Let's just wait. The talking's going to come. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We know 15 other kids with this, and the talking's not right. coming. You know, we right. don't have time to waste. We have got to exactly. get in here and, and at least – I don't care if – I mean, of course I want him to talk. But at this point, I just want him to communicate. I want him to be happy, yeah. be able to feel like he has a voice, and that he can talk to to his family, um, and 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 I gotta have I need help, you know, figuring out how to do that. And so um, we, I started doing pictures with him, you know, very early uh -huh. on. Um, I just took pictures of everything of his, uh, you know, that that was motivating for him, and then um, you know, taught him how to be able to choose things using the pictures because I really wanted him to be able to make choices. Um, right. Since the twin brother, you know, was verbal and it's kind of like he kind of runs the show because he is verbal and so he gets to say no we want cheese puffs for snack or whatever you know and I thought well Be you know I want Beckham to have a voice and so he did really well with the pictures and we still use some picture choice things that he does really well with so we use one for like if he wants to sing a song you know if he wants to request me to sing a certain song then he can choose it off his picture board and um, and he's done really well with that and in fact our fantastic speech language pathologist that we do have now because we did go the private route and we found um, the um, just perfect person for us. She's um, arranged to have him evaluated actually next week for a device. So they're going to come and, and spend um, the therapy session with him and see kind of what would be best for Beckham to use because he does well with with, you know, making the choices. And the thing that has really helped him just recently is um, – a yes/no card that we use because he he can shake his head for no, but just recently he hasn't been able to do that for very long. He can't do any movements that are fast, you know, like shaking okay. your head no. You're having to shake through the midline, and it's a fast right. movement, and he can't do either of those things very well. So that took a long time to learn to shake his head no. So he can't shake for yes yet. Um, so uh -huh. we had no way to indicate yes. So we I just did this yes/no card, and I you know. I can ask a question, and he can tell me yes or no, and he uses it just perfectly, and he loves it, and he'll even start looking for it. You know, if, if there's something he, he's telling me, uh, uh, you know, and, he, and he'll and he start looking for that yes-no card and pulling it in my pocket because he knows I keep it in my pocket. 
And so um, that has been wonderful for him. He loves the yes, no card to be able to have that much of a voice for things, you know, as well. And so, um, so, so that has been, you know, the pictures have been big. He's very visual. Um, you know, he, he loves um, anything that he can see, anything, you know, that, that does well for him. Uh, there definitely seems to be uh, some auditory processing issues. He has a delayed response. Um, you know, if I walk in the room and I say, Beckham, you know, if his back is turned to me, and then he might not respond. And then I say, Beckham, and then, you know, you see his little head just kind of slowly turn and look at me. Right. You know, and he smiles. But, I mean, it's, it's truly that much of a delayed response. So, you okay. know, someone else who didn't know, um, they think that he's not responding to his name. You know, that's the first thing right. you think is, responding to his name yes he is and he does some amazing things once I slow down and just watch him you know and sometimes that took me a little bit to realize some of the things that he was doing that I was missing Uh because you know I'm having to change the other kid's diaper and you know we're running 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 trying to get to this and that and so I was like I've got to slow down and watch him because he was showing me that he knew a whole lot more than I realized so yeah um, and, you know, what's been helpful is just to sit him down and say, Beckham, words are hard for you. I, I see that. I know that it's really, really hard. I know you. I know that you realize Adler's talking and that you're not talking with your mouth. But you know what? You're talking with your hands. You're talking with pictures. You talk to Mommy all day long because you're, you point, you tell me with your, with your voice. He, he does use his voice a lot, actually. He says, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of uh, uh, uh. And he also right. um, says, mm, for more. Um, uh-huh. he kind of overuses that, mm, he's kind of, you know, overgeneralized and he, he says it for, you know, anything, you know, if he wants, uh, mama, he'll start signing mama frantically and say, mm, 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 you know, and then he also uses it for like, I want more and he'll say, mm, mm, um, and he does a lot of, uh, uh, and he can say, um, you know, he makes like some funny sounds like, ooh, and, um, he can say like, ooh, and ah, oh, I've heard that. But, you know, he does it mostly like when Adler, the twin is Adler. So when Adler falls asleep at nap before Beckham does every day, and so Beckham and I, that's our time to talk. And so Beckham makes his little sounds, and then I imitate him or whatever. And then um, that's really kind of the most time that he will talk is when Adler's asleep. I just think because, you know, I see him, like when I'm trying to work on just different little you know, trying to just get him to babble more and just be noisier. Um, yeah. When Adler's awake, he won't do it. And I think it's, I truly think, Laura, that it's because he hears Adler speaking in paragraphs and he knows that yeah. his does not sound like that. Exactly. He's so darn smart, isn't he? He's just yes. so yes. smart. Yes. Gosh, gosh. Okay. Well, you have just given me a whole book about. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> He's a handful, I know. And and so what he's what we're working on right now, he's he, we're still we're kind of stuck at level three from your therapy manual. And um, Marissa has been working with him on you know, and it has helped so much. The level three stuff has just helped for him to know he has a mouth. Like I don't exactly. think he even realized that he had a mouth that was under yeah. his own control. And yeah. so it has really helped him. Like, we'll leave therapy, and he's, like, got his hands kind of in his mouth and messing with his mouth that he didn't do that before. And so right. um, that has helped a lot. But we're kind of yes. stuck there, and I just – we're kind of – we're stuck. Okay. Let's 
okay, let's catch everybody up. Let me fill in some gaps for folks who were listening. First of all, let me say you are just the most on-the-ball mom. I wish I could just reach through the phone and grab you and hug you and tell you what a great job you have done because you are on it, Mama. And, again, that is why he's doing so, 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 so well. So for all of you moms out there listening, let Angela kind of be an inspiration. And sometimes moms will say, this is hard or, you know, this is going to take up all my time and how do I commit to this and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not as smart as her. I don't come up with all these ideas on my own. Let me just say you can do it. And you certainly have had an awesome representation right now by listening to her. And I hope that that will inspire a lot of moms who are listening who are kind of on the fence with deciding how committed they're going to be. And I'll just tell you, the kids who do the best are the moms who decide, I'm all in. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to still be a mom to my other kids and still be a wife. And, you know, if they're working, still work, whatever, but they're, Otherwise, I'm in. I'm doing this. I'm taking this on as my most important job for this little season of my life here, and I'm going to see what I can get to happen. Because birth to three, birth to five, these are critical times for brain development that you will never, ever get back. And so for those moms who are listening and you're saying, well, this show doesn't really apply to me because my child doesn't have that same rare genetic mutation. Let me just say the strategies that we're going to talk about and the things that Angela tried with Beckham and the things that she had success with, those are things that you can try with your own child. So don't fall into the habit of thinking his diagnosis is not the same, so this this stuff will not be relevant for me. It will, it will, it will, because we do not treat children by diagnosis. We look at their strengths and their weaknesses, what they can and can't do communicatively, and that's what we base things on, not the prognosis or not the diagnosis or even the prognosis. And let me go back and say, now some people would hear, okay, 15 kids had this genetic mutation and only two or three are talking, and that would be discouraging to some parents. But Angela, I know that you don't feel that way (laughs) because I hope that it gave you hope. Absolutely, yes, absolutely, and it just, you know, it made me, I think it's such a blessing that we know this early, you know, all of these other kiddos, they didn't know as early on, too, and I, and so I just think, you know, that's a blessing to know as early as we do that that he has this going on, and, I, and I'll just say, too, Laura, that he does have a lot in common with many other syndromes, and um, before yes. they could, di- before they did diagnose this, you know, his geneticist had you know, several other things kind of in the back of his mind, you know, that he was like, right. well, it's similar to this. He has a lot in common with Down syndrome, you know, the hypotonia. Right. And, um, you know, so he does have a lot in common with a lot of other um, gen- genetic or chromosomal um, disorders. And so, um, and, you know, and I, w- I was a teacher, you know, before, um, I- I'm still a teacher, I guess, but I was teaching yes, full-time <laughs> um, up until the twins were born, and I'd been teaching, that was my 17th year to teach first grade, so I taught little kids. Um, I also have a degree, my degree is in uh, elementary ed, but it's also in special ed. I have a degree in special ed as well. Um, right. And I'm going to tell you, I still did not feel very prepared for this. You know, this, it is, it's, and you cannot do something like this alone. If you've got a child that's a late talker, oh, my goodness, get some help. You know, get to your website. 
because I, I stayed up all night long when I, the first night I found it, and I was ready to go the next day. I had all of these new ideas and, you know, all of these things that I was, just simple things like, why didn't I think of doing it that way? But right. I had never had to teach. I've got three other boys. I'd never, they, ta- they just talked. You know, I didn't have to do anything. And and also one of the biggest things that um, was so helpful, Laura, and and I think this is important to say because, you know, as as parents, we're all told, oh, just talk to your kids all day long. That's what makes them learn to talk. You just talk, talk, talk to them. Well, I have no problem doing that. I've talked to all my kids all day long. Um, And, and of course, like I said, all three of my boys, my other boys were early talkers. what I realized after reading some of your stuff, I was talking way, way, way too much for Beckham. I was right. just bogging him down with all, because I, I wanted to fill his every waking moment with, you know, stimulating right. things. Yeah. Yes. So, boy, I was talking to him all day long, just wearing him out, I'm sure. He had no idea what I was saying. He's just like, gosh, is this lady ever going to get out of my face and let me just play? And so that has helped me the most is to slow it down and to use full words, maybe one or two words. So if we're doing blocks, it's just, you know, oh, look, block, up, up, build it up, 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 block, you know, and just breaking it down so, you know, simple because he has the auditory delay, you know, that's, he needed that. And I had no idea. So thank you, you know, for that, for sure. That was that was one of the first things I did. You're welcome. And let me just say, I think it's it's so funny with moms. You always tell everybody, I want you to be high energy, and I want you just to really communicate with him and talk with him. But that's a mistake we make when we think about being fun and being playful. A lot of times we don't equate that with the slow down and simplify part, and you've got to have both. You absolutely have to have both because otherwise you are overwhelming kids or stimulating them, especially when they have that um, peace with uh, the slower processing and everything. And so sometimes we cause kids to kind of shut down on us. And so taking a step back, still not losing our enthusiasm or our energy, but really, really looking at that language level that we're um, talking with them in, providing that input, and that's huge, and I'm so glad you mentioned that. And even though he's obviously so smart and understands everything going on around him, he still needed you to modify in that way so that he could catch up, didn't he? Absolutely, yes. Okay, good deal. All right, so let's kind of talk about, well, first of all, let me say, too, that I love that you have done so much low-tech AAC with getting your pictures going, getting your signing going, you know, just from the beginning. So those are certainly things that every mom of a late talker needs to be aware of. How can I provide this little boy a way to communicate before he's ready to talk? And so I'm so proud of you for doing those things too. And then did you, it, your speech pathologist is there. Did I, I missed your name, Marissa or Melissa? Marissa. Marissa. Okay, Marissa, nice job on getting that specialized eval going for that device. So tell me kind of your decision-making process through that so you can help give uh, 
credence and help kind of give a script for speech pathologists who are trying to talk a parent into pursuing an alternative system while you're waiting on those words to come. Sure. Um, well, we have, like uh, like Angela said, we've been working on level three for about 10 weeks now. And we're okay, just wait, just, let, me, let me back up. I forgot to do this. Let me tell you what level three is for those of you who are thinking, what the heck is level three? The, they're talking about, they have my book, Building Verbal Imitation in Toddlers, and I have this chart that simplifies that whole approach and that whole process with how to teach a child to imitate and eventually become verbal. And so they're calling it level three, but just so anybody out there is listening, there's no particular significance to <laughs> I, you know, the word level. I could have used the word phase or stage or step or whatever, so I don't want people to get caught up in the termination there. But what, what Marissa is saying is they're kind of looking at this chart. Level one is imitating actions with objects, and he can do that. And level two is using some gestures to communicate, and Beckham can do that, although he does have some motor coordination problems, which means it's going to make it harder for him to use his hands to do a big variety of signs. Now, he certainly has learned some signs, and he points, and I've got to watch some videos of him. He is really good at using that point, isn't he, Angela? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, Laura, it so, took forever to teach him to point I mean yeah <clears throat> I mean I, I it took a really long time yes and it was like focused you know teaching I had to isolate his finger and you know we had to I played every kind of game and activity and you know touching um, you know things with holes and oh my goodness it took forever but once he has something he has it you know, it's there. And then it becomes more automatic, obviously, and then he, you know, can, he has it. Um, right. But, you know, with, and that's easier to do, obviously, when it's a motor skill, when I can take right. hand over hand and make his body do it, and he's very right. receptive to that. He's okay with that. But I can't move his mouth and make words come out or sounds come out or anything like that, you know, right. and he just, you know, of course, he never babbled much as a baby. You know, all of the the things that you um, that you you know see or read about with you know kids sometimes that have apraxia or you know right. you know speech problems. But um, yes, he does like to point. He does. He gets he gets his point across, so to speak. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, his pointing looked great. The video that you sent me when he's in the backyard with a walker and he's trying to redirect your attention. He's just doing great with that. And, again, he's just the kind of kid once I saw my video, I just fell in love with him and that cute brother, too, Adler. He's just something else. We'll talk about him kind of at the mm-hmm. end after yes. we get, talk about Beckham. But I just love that he was so purposeful with using his gestures. And so for any mom that's listening, if your child isn't doing that, that's who you need to be focused on right now rather than with the words. And, again, even with the kid who's having difficulty with motor coordination, Angela didn't just say, well, he's going to have trouble learning to use his body. We're just going to skip all this gesture stuff. That's impossible for him. You didn't do that at all. You doubled down. (laughs) You worked on it, and you taught him. And I love the words that you used. You said you had to be real structured, and you had to be real focused about it, and you just did everything that you could think of. And I know that he was in therapy during this time, too, with OT and PT and his developmental person. So they were helping you with that, too. But I love that you looked at communication from the foundation up. You didn't jump straight to, he's going to talk to me right now today, this red-hot minute. 
mm-hmm. you backed up and kind of looked at all those pieces that have to come in first. So back at kind of looking at that chart or looking at that how we build the foundation for language and for speech, he's doing a lot of that gesture stuff. Now, when you all are saying he's at level three, that means for our listeners he's imitating some actions with his little face and specifically his little mouth. So tell me what you've been able to get going with that. Okay. Well, if we're looking at the imitating actions with your face and mouth, um, he's really good at imitating actions with your face. You know, he can raise his eyebrows and open his mouth and, um, and like, playfully bite. And um, so some of the ones he can do with his mouth are smile and pout. Okay. Okay. And then he can close his lips tightly, and he can stick out his tongue. We've uh, Sticking out his tongue is his most recent one. Um, so those are the ones he's done. We've kind of been focusing um, for our next ones like pucker and smacking your lips and licking your lips and then, like, wiggle your, wiggling your tongue from side to side. Yeah. And those and that's kind of where we're stuck. Those are the things that he cannot do. Well, let's think about all of those. You know, because of his neurological difference here, we know that motor control is hard for him, and specifically anything kind of that involves crossing that midline. So wiggling his tongue, that's going to be darn, darn hard. So probably what I would do is keep looking at those things. And how are you all working on that, Marissa? Is he able to just kind of sit there and do it with you, or do you just... Um, emerge those things, embed those things in your play activities. How 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 are you getting best attempts there? Well, we kind of emerge it playfully, but we've been doing, um, I guess, what I would call a lot of oral motor activities. Uh-huh. Yeah. We got a Z vibe for him, and just to kind to stimulate the mouth and kind of wake it up and just increase the awareness, like Angela was saying, because we're not sure he was really aware that he even had a mouth or he could, you know, kind of play with it. Um, So we kind of started off with the Z-Vibe just to kind of wake up that mouth. And then um, we've done some, I have these little lemon swabs, you know, and he loves them. And so we kind of play around with those. And through that, you know, we can kind of, Im, or, you know, we're modeling it, and then we can get him to imitate it through that. Okay, that sounds good. And let me just say for our listeners, too, not all late talkers need this piece, but kids with significant hypotonia, or even those with hypertonia, meaning their muscle tone is higher and they're um, more rigid rather than floppy, a lot of times those kids, especially kids, too, you'll know if they've had a history of significant feeding disorders, and difficulties, their little mouths, again, they don't have that that awareness, and they are going to have to use (laughs) that part of their bodies to talk. You know, it's the same kind of system, and even though for some kids this piece is not necessary, I love that for Beckham you backed up and kind of looked at this piece because we know that just, you know, throughout his whole little body, He's had some difficulty with coordinating his motor movement. So that's fantastic. So that's kind of where you are on that piece. Now, He's doing some things vocally, and that M sound, that his mm, that's pretty new, right? <clears throat> yes, it is. And I, I was able to elicit that sound, um, which I really wasn't supposed to be trying to get sounds, but I cheated just a little. Marissa forgave me. Um, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we were watching. He, his favorite thing in the whole world is to get to watch a video, and so he doesn't get to do it very often because he will veg out and stare at that TV and act like I don't exist. Yeah. So he does not exactly. 
Hardly ever does that TV come on. So I, I decided I would use it to my advantage and use it as right. a motivator. And so I sure. had the little nursery rhyme video on, <clears throat> and then I would pause it, and I would say, Beckham, do you want more, more of the show? And, boy, he does. And so he would he started signing more, you know, because that's what we do. And I said, well, let's, right. you know, why don't we say, mmm, for more, mmm. And so right. it took, I think you could see in the video it took him – a while, you know, to go, I mean, he put his little lips, first he'd stick his tongue out because we'd been working on that right. in therapy. You know, he's like, oh, right. I know how to stick out my tongue. Let me do that. And I was like, that's yeah. good, but let's, you know, let's say, mmm. And so finally he did it after he'd done everything else he knew to do with his little mouth. And then finally <laughs> the sound came out. And, right. boy, we were, you know, I was like, oh, you did it, you did it. You know, just really, really excited. Yeah. Clap, turned that movie back on immediately so that he had immediate uh, gratification for his, for his, you know, correct sound. And so, right. and then I turned it right back off. You know, I don't leave it on very long. And I turned it off sure. again. And I said, oh, do you want more? Mm. And it didn't take him just a few times. And it was very automatic. You know, he was like, forget yeah. that sign and more. I'll just say, mm, that's easier. <laughs> oh, <laughs> And so then we did that for a while. Then we moved to the Legos because that's his other favorite thing. So I thought, we're going to do right. this like you've seen your book. Like, I'm going to do this. You know, if you find something they can do, you if they can say car, you go get every single car in the whole entire house and you exactly. play with cars and make them say it a hundred times if you have to, you know, whatever. So I thought, well, I'm not going to let this moment go. So we went and did Legos and I would make him say, mm, for more Legos. And I would hand him another one. So um, he's got that down. He does that. So then several weeks, you know, kind of passed and I thought, well, I kind of went to that part of, of the, I guess it's, is it level three or four where you say kind of, I think it's level four where you say, hey, if all else fails, I don't suggest doing this, but if all else fails, you know, you might have to teach these sounds. So I thought, well, yeah. I'm just, I kind of feel like all else fails. Let me just yeah. try it and just see what happens. <laughs> so I thought, I've heard him say, aw, many, many yeah. times, you know, just randomly say, ah, you know. Right. So I thought he can say, aw. So, I, you know, I was trying to elicit that sound, ah, because I thought if he can say ah and he can say mm, he can say ma, mama. Right. So, right. Um, which he, mama, has, mama has popped out several times when he's distressed. Yeah. Mama pops out. Yeah. Um, you know, when he's like, I need my mama right now, and, and he's crying, and I'm, you know, if I'm busy or something, and he's he needs me, then it'll pop out. But so I was trying to elicit the ah, and, um, you know, he – First, he stuck out his tongue. Then he did his lips together and said, mm, um, you know, and he, he was doing every single thing he could think of, you know, that he knew how to do, but he could not give me awe. You know, he could not yeah. give me that sound. He would he would open his mouth big, you know, just like yeah. I had showed him. I said, open your mouth big and say, ah. Uh, well, he would open his mouth real big, and he just couldn't make anything come out. And then he'll close it real quick and go, mm. You know, so he opens yeah. it big and then closes yeah. it and says, mm. Because you know what he's doing? Yeah. yeah, he's really scrolling through. Let me just think of anything that I've done in the past, anything that I've learned I can make my mouth do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, kids will do that with their signs sometimes, too, when we're eliciting a specific sign and they don't quite know what you're talking about or how to make their little hands, even if they're really sure of what the sign would be, they kind of do whatever comes to mind or whatever they can direct their little hands to do. So it's not uncommon to see that, too, with new talkers who, 
don't completely have their little systems under control. But I love that he's trying. And always, I always tell people, and this may not be specifically for you, Marissa, because I, I know how encouraging you y'all are. But for other people listening, don't discourage a kid when it's off target or when they're doing something and you're trying to get ah and they kind of go to mm or they stick out their tongue or they do something else you've worked on. That's really progress. That's really them saying to you, I'm trying. I'm doing everything I know to do here. And we have to really, really support that and encourage that even if it's not quite where we want to go. So is he has he been able to get a vowel sound or an open mouth kind of approximation of a vowel? Not on, on not like not on command, you know, like not okay. when I ask him to. He does it okay. and, and, and and you know, like when we're doing um you know, when he's at nap time when he's doing his ah ooh and making all his little sounds and I imitate them, he gives me a little grin, like, I know you just imitated me. I know you said what I said and then I'll, you know, and then I've even said, okay, your turn. Like you say it again, and um, and then he he doesn't he can't give it back to me. But what he does instead is he fake coughs, and so because that's what he does to get my attention is he always just says, <laughs> you know, and has this big fake cough to get my attention. And so that's what he's been doing now when I'm imitating him instead of like giving it back to me, he fake coughs and looks at yeah. me and grins. And so yeah, I was and- just. Wondering if, like, is that because that's just all he could kind of think of to do? Or, I mean, I don't understand, like, if he can say, I've heard him say, ah, I've heard him say, ooh, then why can't he give it to me, like, when I ask, you know, hey, repeat me, say, because I'm fun. I mean, I mean, I'm playing, Laura. I've got all the toys, and I'm like, I'm because I know I've read your stuff, and you say you got. If it's not working, you're not fun enough. Well, I'm fun enough. I really think so. (laughs) I can tell already through the phone. It's it's not under his control yet, and the only thing that gets it under his control, Angela, is practice. And so you're doing everything right. I mean, I had this whole little list of ideas that I'm going to give you, and I've checked off a lot of them because you've already done them. So (laughs) instinctively, you've done the right stuff, or you've read about it, or Marissa's helped you. Because I've read everything you've written, Miss Laura. (laughs) (laughs) You're so sweet. You're so sweet. All right, so look, let's... Let's talk about where he really, really, really is because we always have to start where a kid really is. He's trying so hard with that level three stuff with all of those nonverbal actions, and you've got to get a lot of uh, frequency there and variation there and practice there before he's going to be able to really coordinate that little voice with it. And you already know that because, you know, sometimes he'll open his mouth, but he can't quite get the awe with it or the other stuff. But he's vocal when he's not meaning to be vocal. So you know it's there. You know he can do it. You've just got to keep priming the pump here and providing those opportunities for him to learn, I can do this. I can control what sound comes out. I can make different noises. I can copy what my mama just said. And that, uh, you know, again, you can't really, you're not going to be able to say, Beckham, do exactly what I do, and him be able to make his little body cooperate. And it's just because he's not there yet, because of those, you know, his his genetic issues, Mm -hmm. his brain differences, but 
he has shown you over and over and over again that with lots of practice and with lots of opportunities and with lots of doing things in incremental baby steps, I can get there. So your steps for him, your work for him right now really is going to be at this level three and level four stuff because that's where you're seeing the variety come in and you're seeing, oh, that's new and that's different. And the reason that we do these little level four, and for those of you who, again, have no earthly idea of what I'm talking about, and building verbal imitation in toddlers, that whole little treatment approach, that next little step would be where you use some vocalizations in play, but they're not necessarily words or even word-like. So these are things that Angela mentioned, like, say, coughing. Um, What other little things will he do on that list? You said he'll do kind of a grunt, right? Yes. um, I'm trying to think. He doesn't do a whole bunch of them at all. Um, He will do the fake cough. I can't. I can't get him to do a lot of the others. I'll just say, I, I mean, and I model them, you know, I do the yeah. after we get a drink or I slurp or, you know, all those fun little sounds that kids love to do. And, and of course, the twin loves it. You know, he's like, yeah. uh, you know, slurping through the whole meal. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> and so, and he's so yeah. funny now. He'll say, I'm doing, I'm making my sounds for Beckham. And I'm like, oh, Adler. <laughs> so he's, um, he, he is, and sometimes, at Beckham will he wants to imitate anything Adler does, like all yeah. of his, you know, movements and things like that. Yeah. So I do sometimes use Adler to help me because I sure. can say Adler, you know, make this sound or you know say ba ba ba, and then Adler will. I mean, he, just on command, he's like a little robot. Okay, ba ba ba, and then he'll, you know, so yeah. now he'll if he's saying something, you know, doing something kind of irritating, and I'll say, okay, Adler, that's enough, and he'll go, Mom, I'm just trying to make my sounds for Beckham. <laughs> And so he's my little helper, but um, he doesn't fake sneeze. I can't get him to fake cry. Um, okay. Well, yeah, and he wants to talk about the theory here. The reason that this, the reason that we include this here for kids who are late talkers is because when babies at about six months, seven months, eight months, when they're becoming more verbal, before we hear words, we hear an increase in noisiness. And some therapists, well, lots of therapists, everybody refers to that as babbling. But there are a whole lot of other vocal play kinds of things. Or, And, again, it's not, you know, you could call argue, is it vocal, is it verbal, blah, 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 blah. I don't care what we call it. It's just noise with your mouth. So these kinds of things in theory, are easier than some other things, but because Beckham has an atypical little system, we may see that other things that are supposed to be harder, he might actually be able to do. So this is what I want you to do with thinking about level four, is just use it as a place for ideas, where you are thinking, let me try this, let me see what he gives me, let me see what I could get from there, um, let's see how close he can get. Let's see if he accidentally does it during play. And just think, again, think about those as just kind of your your starting point or your jumping off point. He does not have to do all of these little things before you're going to be able to get some other things going. And you know that because he's been able to get that little mm sound, that M sound going. Um 
So that that's what I want you to do. I want you to still kind of or this is and Marissa, what do you think about that? What do you think about those kinds of sounds? Do you think that um it's just because he can't voluntarily control his little system yet? I mean you've seen him, I haven't. So what's your gut instinct here? Sure. My gut instinct is that he just can't coordinate his mouth to make the sounds i mean like you said it's there but he just doesn't know how to coordinate it yet to do it on command um so yeah i think my question was you know we've had success in level three but i don't think he's going to be able to do all of them just because of his um hypotonia and other deficits you know just physical deficits so you know do we go ahead and move on to those level four and see if we can't get him i mean he's already doing some of those so um i think that you know is that where we are? Is Do we need to focus is, on getting him yeah. to try to fake sneeze or, you know, fake cry, things like that, or just, you know, making those car sounds, things like that? Yeah. I would move on to those kinds of things. And, again, let me just say, this is how kids develop new sounds in their phonemic repertoire, you know, if you want to be real technical about that. But this is just how they experiment. This is how they learn hey, I can do something different with my mouth here. It doesn't have to always be the same little three things that I've always done. Look at this. This is something new. So it's just a way for you to get some variety in there. And in no way, shape, or form, do you, with this approach or anybody else's therapy approach, whatever you're looking at, do you ever need to feel like I'm going to do 80% mastery before I move on? Or he has to have 10 of these 15 things before we think about that next little step, these are just ideas. And, again, just to give you something to do besides think, vocalizations in play, vocalizations in play, play sounds, what does she mean here? All of these things are just written down as an idea or a starting place. You may come up with 25 different things that Beckham can do that I've never even thought of to do with the kid. But you just look again at I want to I want to get him to do as many different sounds, even if they're not words yet, as many different new things, variety of things, kind of, and even just one little step different than he's done in the past. So let's kind of talk about that. Um, well, before we move to that, let's talk about helping him get sound with his mouth open because you're going to need that for vowels and if you can't get kind of a vowel sound on command it's going to be really hard to elicit a word. Does that make mm-hmm. sense to you? <clears throat> yes. Okay. So will he do a scream or a squeal or a I know you talked about his little sounds that in your little sound games that you're playing with him, Angela. Well, he he can't do any of that in uh, imitation of you. It's all got to be self-generated first, right? Yes, you're right, Laura. Yes. Okay. Oh, that's hard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. We all agree that's really hard. Yes. You're just yes. going to have to kind of catch him almost before he does it so that you're saying, do it, do it, and he kind of learns, hey, I can control this. Mm-hmm. So a way, So does he, in, when you're about to do those little games, Angela, and you seem like you're a mind reader mom because you already, you're probably the kind of mom that he just does, you know, he raises his eyebrow and, you know, he means this. You know, you've kind of got that little language going back and forth, your little mojo there, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. So can you tell when y'all are laying there playing your little games, you might kind of get him going and then say, um, say ooh or say ah. I mean, will he just, have you tried that and just won't do it? I have not tried it like that, no. Do it like that and do it with something. Okay, so when you're laying there doing your little game, and I love that you've carved away that little one-on-one time for him. And, boy, that is so hard for moms with multiple children and especially a twin who's the same everything, you know, the same developmental phase as far as how much sleep they need and all that. I love that you've carved out that one-on-one time for him. And that's something that if a mom is listening, if you never have your late talker with you by yourself, that is a huge recommendation that I make to moms all the time, and I see lots and lots of games in every area when moms can kind of carve out that one-on-one time. And it is hard to do, but I love that you've already figured out how to make that happen. So when y'all are playing your little game, the next things I would try is listen for what he says, you know, his two or three little sounds. And you said he'll do kind of an ooh and an ah, right? Yes, uh-huh. Uh. And just kind of concentrate on vowels during that time. And once he'll, if he says like an ooh two or three times in a row, say, you know, say back and say, ooh, do it again. Ooh, let mama hear you. You know, and I know you're so good at that ooey gooey kind of getting mm-hmm. going. Yeah. <laughs> so try that where he kind of I... learns. Even if he's off target, even if he's saying ah or mm or sticking his tongue out or whatever, keep reinforcing, keep doing that. But kind of, your your job here is to get him to realize that he can do it on command and that he can make his little mouth do that. Because right now it sounds like it's still pretty reflexive, meaning he doesn't think he has any real control over it. Mm-hmm. And he's learned to do that. He's learned to do that, that he can make his mouth move. But then to add the sound to that, that's where he's having a hard time, just kind of coordinating those little systems. And, again, that's because of his diagnosis, but we know that he's going to be able to learn it because he's he's made gains in so many other developmental areas just by thinking, just by giving him that structured practice and those opportunities. And again, this is harder because you really can't make his mouth do that. I mean, does he tolerate any, um, if you, I know that he's done hand over hand okay, but what does he do when you touch his mouth? Is he okay with that? Um, it's it's been a little bit tough. He, he of course that's his least favorite thing. You know, despises sure. his teeth. Um, sure. So we've had to really work on that. Um, okay. You know, and I I did not. Um, you know, kind of earlier on. I you know when he was a baby, I would do a lot of the gum massaging and things like that. But then when he got teeth, of course, you know, I kind of <laughs> didn't. Um, and he, sure. he would. He used to grind his teeth all day long all right. day and it would almost drove me crazy and sure. um I thought it was never going to stop but I think it was just he needed that you know firm input you know in his little mouth um, and he was just grinding now he he does chew a lot of toy you know he chews things he has chewy tubes and stuff like that but he'll chew anything but that has also improved since and I really Laura it seemed to improve once we started using the Z-Vibe with Marissa yeah. um yeah. it just seemed like it kind of made him go oh I can feel things in there now and I, I don't know exactly. he's just not chewing as much now and so okay. um uh that has improved um 
and, and so I do, you know, try to be more mindful of like squeezing his little cheeks or, you know, rubbing his yeah. lips and things like that. He doesn't, mm-hmm. it's not his favorite thing, but it, he, he tolerates it. And he does tolerate his teeth brush better now. But he gives kisses right on my mouth, you know, he'll just give me a little kiss. He doesn't pucker big, you know, and it's a very yeah. just little flat lip kiss. Yeah. But he has started doing like little fish lips lately, um, okay. but not on command. But he's doing it while he's playing. He'll be, you know, doing his little fish lips, you know, like sucking right. his cheeks. And right. um, so I've really been praising him for that. And I'm kind of thinking, too, um, backing up to the sounds he makes during nap time, like ooh and ah. You know, it seems like when I when I give meaning to something, that he gets it faster. And I'm just okay. wondering if, or maybe I'm just kind of, you know, giving him more credit than, than I should. But I, th- I feel like if I could somehow give the ooh or the ah a meaning for him, I think he would be more motivated to imitate me. And I guess okay. I don't really know how to give, like, ooh or ah a meaning. You know what I'm saying? Gonna, yes, but listen, you just need to pick a – okay, we can do it a couple different ways. You can pick a real word with those sounds in them that would be meaningful for him, like you already do it in your daily routines, or what I would probably do is use those, like, for exclamatory words so that when you see something he really, really likes that you're going, ooh, that's so pretty. Okay, yes. Ooh, I would do it that way. Or um, I would probably use it for, um, you know, water in the bathtub. Ah, this feels so good. Ah, whatever he would like. Or if he likes you really squeezing him or Whatever he likes, I would try to get those oohs and ahs associated with something that he's going to notice and that you do all day long. So, again, you can pick a real word, but I would probably just relate it more to an emotion or to, um, you know, something that you can use with great frequency. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. I would probably do it that way. And then anything that you've seen him do, like those little fish lips, kind of as he's playing that he's not aware of, try to get him to do that purposefully. And your best time to do that, um, in addition to, you know, all the play stuff you're doing, really might be that quiet one-on-one time that you have with him. I think that I would really take advantage of that because it sounds like you're hearing things in that setting that you don't hear in other settings. Is that right? Yes, that is exactly right. Yes, Laura. Okay, so I would take advantage of that. And so kind of keep, and Marissa, help her with this. Anything that you see that he's doing that looks new to you that you think, well, I don't think we've seen that before. And those things sometimes, you know, Mom and I in sessions with families that I work with will have to sit there and we'll say, well, has he done that before? Is that new? I don't think I've seen that. And then Mom will say, I don't think I've seen it either. And then she'll call me two days later and say, oh, my God, he just did it again. So you may have to really kind of carefully watch that little mouth okay. and for new um, new little sounds that he might do accidentally or reflexively and try to incorporate those into that one-on-one stuff and or give it some meaning so that you have some opportunities to practice. And, again, you can do it with real words, but I think for him right now the most bang for your buck is going to be using it with, in terms of like an exclamatory word or something that you can all say to refer to um, something that's happening. So, you know, for him, instead of a word like wow, 
you know, his little word for that might be ooh. Or, again, you know, when something feels great for him, another kid, you know, Adler is going to say, oh, I like this. But Becky mm-hmm. might do, ah, oh, you know. And so try to kind of think about those sounds and how you can make those ma- match things that he's already doing so that you don't have to create this whole new routine. You can just slide it into something you're already doing. Perfect, perfect. That's and, helpful. Uh, yeah, and without knowing him, it's going to be hard for me to kind of come up with things. But if y'all put your heads together and just think about it, you're I I know you're going to be able to come up with something. So any little and, and try to try to kind of again work on increasing that variety with um, just anything that he's doing with his mouth. You know, anything open mouth, we know we're going to turn it into a vowel sound. And things that are more closed mouth, we're going to turn it into a consonant sound. And, Marissa, you can help Angela with all that theory with, you know, where we produce sounds with places in your mouth. But just kind of look at what he can do. And then take a look at those movements that he's making back in level three, Marissa, and just think, okay, he can do this with his mouth. What sound is that closest to? And just shape it. Just shape it and model it. And I'm sure that you're doing some of that instinctively because we can hardly help ourselves (laughs) when we're doing that. But just start to kind of think, what what is that most like? And then do it backwards, too. Because he's got that M now and because he can close his mouth tightly, look at other little things. How How can we change his little lip movement just a little bit? What variety can we get there? Can he pop it a little bit to make something that sort of sounds like a B or a T. You know, because he's got the nasal kind of, you know, Marissa, think about resonance. He's got an M, so try an N and an NG, that ung, ung, ung. I've had a lot of kids move from an M to an ung, ung, ung because they're just kind of moving it back, Um, you know, in their little mouths or really it's a nasal sound. But just kind of think about that. Think about what is he doing already and how can I change it just a little bit and get a new sound. And will this be overnight magic? Probably not. (laughs) But over time, you should be able to increase the variety in the sounds that you're hearing just from tweaking what he can already do. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Yes, very, yes. Okay, back to, you've already done a little bit of this, Angela, or a lot of it, with his M's for mama. You said you you try to get it for mama, you try to get it for more. I would try to get it all day long for other stuff, you know, the mm-mm-mm when he's eating food. Can mm, he, yes. does, when he, is he doing that one? No, he won't do it for eating food. No, because I do that every time, you know, we're eating. I'll say, mm, yeah. mm, mm, mm. Yeah. This is so yummy. Mm, mm, mm. And Adler does it. You know, he'll do it. And then Beckham just yeah. sits there and smiles and, yeah. <laughs> you know, just keeps eating. And then um, I was doing, um, or I do try to elicit the mm for more um, when he's yeah. having his yogurt because he really yeah. likes it. And so before I give him the next bite, um and sometimes he eats it with uh-huh. his own spoon by himself, but sometimes I do it just to get the mmm sound. So before he can have a bite, he has to say mmm for more. And so yeah. he does really well with that. And then when I tried to switch it and tried to get him to, um, like I did the sticking out the tongue for a while, you know, like stick out your uh-huh. tongue if you want another bite. And yeah. so he would stick yeah. out his tongue for a bite. So then, okay. I sw- you know, I moved on to um, trying to get him to do that awe 
And I said, do yeah. uh, if you want another bite, you know, and I modeled it and, you know, uh-huh. exaggerated all that. And so he would open his mouth big and, you know, then try to do the, mm, and then he gets choked and then he uh, kind of, you know, gets choked, like truly choked yeah. on his food. So it's well, just, we don't want to do that. <laughs> so I think that, you know, it's truly just like he's getting confused, you know, his little mouth and tongue and everything's getting that confused, you know, yeah. switching yeah. it up. And so I, I don't yeah. I don't switch it up anymore. I just stick to one, you know, the just the mm's because that's yeah. what he's, he's more comfortable with during eating. So I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, that he would, that that would get him all choked up. Um, you know, I, I don't know. His muscle control is because of the hypotonia, and he just okay. doesn't. Everything's just not under his control yet. I mean, it's I, reflexive, meaning I can eat, I can breathe, I can laugh, I can sneeze, I can cry. He just can't always make his little body do that, and it's just gonna ta- it's just gonna be more effort and more time and more opportunities for practice like that. But it always starts with taking what he can do and just making it a little bit different. I would probably try with that yogurt and stuff. I would still keep trying for that, and I would do your big for more. Um, just mess around with it and see if he does it better to say ma for more or ma or you know pair different uh, yeah. vowels with it. Because sometimes just a little bit of difference can make a kid want to try that, whereas before it seemed kind of too hard. And you know he's already got that awareness of, um, hmm, this didn't, my mouth doesn't work like other people's mouths. And like Adler's talking a blue streak, and gosh, all I'm getting here is kind of a hmm. You know, so he does, he does recognize that, and you don't want him to shut down on you. And feel exactly. like you don't ever want to make it so hard that he feels like this is impossible. This lady's never happy. Her expectations mm-hmm. yes. for me are well beyond what I can give. How about I do nothing? You know, because exactly. some kids really yes. kind yes. of get that awareness. So I wouldn't push him beyond that. But some, but really just trying to kind of mess around with what vowels you might pair with that M sound. And let me just say, that might be hard. It might take a while for him to be able to coordinate that little sound with a new vowel. But that's why you work on those other vowels and get some variety in isolation or meaning kind of one sound at a time first uh, before you may be able to really pair it with a consonant. And you're just looking for variety and frequency, Angela. So think about those two words. So anything that he can do, you want to increase the frequency. And then as far as variety goes, you're just listening for any new little sound. Even if it doesn't seem like it's on purpose, still reinforce, reinforce, reinforce where you're modeling it and where you are doing everything you can to make it you know, fun, and then beyond that, make it meaningful. So he's going to want to do it again. And really take advantage of that during your one-on-one um, time with him and see if you can't get some more consistency there with that where it's it, he's about to say it and you ask him to say it right when he's about to say it. So he starts to think, oh, well, I, I can control this. I can do this on command because that mm-hmm. seems to be sort of what's missing. Right, yes. And so look really close at, at, you know, move on a little bit to level four and coordinate your vocalizations in play based on, you know, oh, gosh, if he can stick out his tongue, what kind of little sound might I be able to add with that? If he can pucker, almost, you know, working on that pucker a little bit, those fish lips, you know, 
try some raspberries. Now, that's going to be hard because there's a movement component there and kind of a sound component too. But just think, what would be my next logical step from what I'm seeing him do with his mouth? And again, that's different for every single kid. You know, you can't possibly write out a chart that says, if a kid does this, try this, 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 and this. You know, that's kind of impossible. So you're going to be able to, you have to kind of put your, your, therapist hat on all the time, Marissa, and think what would be the next step, what would be the next step, what would be the next step. Right. You know, he used to do raspberries, but I can't get him to do them anymore. Keep trying. He's done it before. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I do till my nose tickles and, you know, but, yeah, I'll I'll keep, um, we'll keep working on those. But he used to do them quite a bit, and now I can't get him to do the, you know, he just won't even do it. Um, Yeah. of course, sometimes anything you try to, you know, it seems like when you try to get him to do it, it's that's always a exactly. struggle. It accidentally does and, it, and then he, you know, realizes he just did it. Then it's like, oh, yeah. the light bulb went off. I can't and I don't know, do did that. we ever say how old they, that he is? He's two and a half? Yeah. I'd, oh, we did. I okay. might not have said that. I, yeah. I don't Almost know two and a half. Yeah. Okay, so you've got some newer things to try, and again, this isn't, and I don't want to offend any speech pathologists listening because I don't want people to think that I don't think that what we do is important. It is, but guys, it's not rocket science. Just try, just think, what would this next little step be? What would this next little step be? What would this next little step be? How can I add a sound component to this little movement that he's learned how to do, that he's mastered? But you may have to get the movement part first, kind of back in level three, before he's able to add a little sound to it. And the reason that we do the level four things is because it's just a little harder than just doing a movement with your mouth. That makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what we want to do. We want to think about everything in terms of baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Uh, let me ask you this. You said you were trying to get him to do that exhalation stuff. Is it hard for him, um, Marissa, to kind of get that whole respiration piece? I mean, do you think just for him to do, well, I guess it is, to do any kind of little vocalization on command, it doesn't matter what it is, it's just hard, right? It is hard. I think, you know, with the hypotonia, I think, you know, overall he's just weak. And so his inspirations and exhalations are just kind of weak. We've worked a lot on blowing whistles and pinwheels. He can do it. It's just weak. Mm -hmm. It's hard. And keep talking to your OT. You know, all that's dependent on core strength. And that's hopefully what your OT is working on. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, we need that to get better so that yeah. we can move on and do some of that other All stuff. All connected, so, and that's that's so fascinating to me that I've you know really learned how connected everything is to to learning language and how to exactly. speak. Exactly. Exactly. Back to your inbound. And here, let me just say, this little outline that I did, I'm going to email that to both of y'all. It won't make sense for anybody else to see it, but it will for y'all. Um, and to make sure that we talked about every little idea that I would have had. But back to that M sound, just keep increasing uh, meaningful ways for him to use that. And some speech pathologists get nervous about that and think, well, now everything's going to sound the same, and I've only taught this kid one sound, and I just don't I don't think that's right, and I, I, I might be creating an intelligibility nightmare here. Don't worry about that. Just get frequency going right now. If you can't get variety, get frequency. And sometimes I'll tell people, if you can't get frequency, get variety. So always 
think about that. You know, what he can do, we want to make sure he's doing more and more and more and more. And then we're going to add new. When we, Whenever we get something new, then we think about making it more frequent. Does that make sense? Perfect. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Any last starting questions that you all have or something that we didn't talk about or um, just anything else you want to want some guidance with? Um, I'm kind of curious of what your thoughts are on the auditory processing. I mean, I know a lot of the times we don't work on auditory processing until they're older, but I just but don't feel do. like... But we do. We call it receptive language. <laughs> <laughs> it's receptive um, language, Marissa. So just keep just... working on the receptive language? Yes, 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 okay. yes. And, and think about it in terms of... I just want to keep priming that little pump so that he knows what all these words mean, and I want to keep increasing, you know, his, well, decreasing his delay between when we ask him to do something and when he does it and figure out, does he need more cueing? Does he need less cueing? Angela said she kind of figured out that if she talks too much, it kind of blurs everything for him, that it's, you know, she has to give him that, that, wait time to respond when he's following directions for you when he's doing uh, little things will he just do one step thing and um, he will do two steps um uh, you know if they're um if it's if every if the stars are aligned you know like if it, there's not yeah. too much background noise with adler if there's you know all of those things um yeah. He will, yes. And he does really well. I mean, like we do, like right now I'm kind of working on sorting with him. Um, we've moved on from exact objects and we're working on, uh, like we sort animals versus people. And, um, oh, you know, so I just, I just have to be very um, um, consistent and I have to be very structured. And he has to be able to see, no clutter, you know, it's like very simple. Right. Like that's all he can see is the, the bowl of um, people and the bowl of um of the animals, and then I hold up the next thing, and I say, okay, will this go in people or animals? Where does it go? And then he will uh -huh. take it and, and put it where it goes. Now, if I just said, here, where does this go, and didn't really guide him and make him listen, he would just grab it and put it wherever, because it's like he's not right. listening. I have to always, always slow him down, and even so yeah. used to, we had to, like with his um, – his developmental therapist, when we would work, uh, he loves books. And so we worked with a lot of those photograph books and with it, with exact objects as well. And then we would say, you know, point to the ball or whatever. And he would um, just start pointing everywhere, you know. And so I yeah. would have to hold one hand down because also yeah. he would point with both hands. I would hold one or both hands down and say, Beckham, listen, listen. You're going to point to the ball. Ball. Find Ball. You know, right. I mean, that, it's that detailed, you know, that's yeah. how slow okay. I have to go with him. And then I let go of his little hands, and then he points to the ball. If I don't slow him down like that, he he would just start pointing all over the page, you know, or taking the book away and wanting to look at it himself. But as long as I slow him down. So that I don't have to do it as much, you know, not as detailed right. as that, but I still do have to slow him down and say, okay, Beckham, you know, where here's a – this is a person. Where does the person go? And so then, um, you know, he will, yes, he will follow the steps and he will focus for really a, a much longer than Adler for most things, <laughs> you know, and, okay. and his pretend play yeah. is really, really coming along. And, you know, there's been a lot of things that I've noticed that he does that I would have missed it 
it had Adler not already demonstrated that pretend play. You know right. what I'm saying? Like there was something sure. he did with some animals um, that copied a show that they were watching Madagascar. And so Adler had taken the zebra and the lion, and Adler was being silly and said, oh, look, Mama. Or, or he said, um, Alex, you know, Alex is the lion. He said, Al, and the zebra was saying, Alex, you're biting my butt. And he was just laughing. And he goes, look, Mama, Alex is biting his butt, like on the show. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, you're so funny, Adler. You know, well, then several days later, it was actually when we were sorting the animals. Beckham, I, I always give him an opportunity to just kind of explore whatever it is we're doing sure. first to get that out of your system. Sure. Then we move on to the activity. And so um, he had the lion and the zebra, and he had them in the exact position for him to bite his honey. Oh, and my gosh. Grinning awesome. and looking at me like, Mama, <laughs> do you see this? And I was like, oh, my goodness. But had I not been there in the floor with him, paying right. attention to him, I would have missed it. And I would have still right. been saying, he doesn't pretend play, you know, but right. he does. But because I'm, you know, right there in his little face, I didn't miss it. So, um, yeah. you know, that's that's just a big thing is really watching him and, and learning his language because it is so much quieter. You know, Adler, you know everything in Adler's head because it comes out. Right. He <laughs> says everything. But Beckham just gives it in some different ways. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he does, he does really well with structured activities. Okay, so let me ask you this. If you guys were playing with your animals, could you say, give me a zebra and a lion? Can he do two items like that? He can, yes. <clears throat> but like I okay. said, I would have to kind of slow him down because he would probably want to pick his favorite animal first. He'd grab that giraffe or, yeah. you know, if, I, if, if the animals come out. So I would have to really, you know, slow him down and say, look, I'm going to ask you to choose two things. Here's the two yeah. I need you to pick up and hand to Mama. And then I would say, you know, get me the lion and the zebra. Ready? Lion and zebra. And, you know, and I'd give it to him again right before he's to grab them um, uh-huh. to kind of help him remember because, you know, he could get sidetracked between sure. me saying it and him needing to grab them. But, you know, sure. that's, I mean, those are things that I have to, any, I think, two-and-a-half-year-old, you have to kind of, sure. I mean, you know, they're they're liable to get sidetracked when they're, you know, have fun toys in front of them. But, right. um, but yeah, I, I mean, I am pleased with how he does it. But it, it does take a lot of focus. So if he, if he were to go to, like, you know, a school or something where, you know, people didn't understand him or didn't want to take the time, which is not the case, he goes to a little preschool um, on Mondays for just half a day, and it is fantastic, uh-huh. and that has been so wonderful for him. Um, he has a wonderful teacher, and just the whole, all the teachers there work with him and are just fantastic and love him to pieces, and that's Aww. been so good for him. Um, yeah. And for me, I mean, it's been good for yeah. me. And so, um, you know, they understand him, but they've taken the time to really listen and, and to understand, and they give him the, <clears throat> the extra time that he needs, and, you know, they've learned right. to, some of his little, you know, differences. So, you know, that's well, that's just kind of what worries me sometimes is that, you know, I just, I don't know. I feel like I can do a better job at home than sending him to school when he's three. I just, I'm panicked already about the three-year-old thing, you know, with sending him to school, and I just don't want to. I would rather just keep him home, and, and I'll just do anything. You know, I'll work and do whatever I need to do, but, you know, I just. Well, it sounds like you've got the best of both worlds right now, and if you need to hang on to that, for doing what's best for you and for him, that's what you need to do. Some kids aren't ready to go at three. Some mamas aren't ready for their kids to go at three, but you're just going to have to make that individual decision based on how you feel about that and what you think Beckham needs. 
at that point. And trust your gut, Angela. You are a great mom. You have figured all this stuff out. You have pushed professionals to do what you knew was going to be best for him. You've got fantastic instincts. So you'll be able to make a good decision about that when you need to make a decision. You will. Okay. Okay. It's, yeah. You will. And, and it's scary. You know, yeah, it is. It's scary to send your nonverbal child out in the world. You know, it's, it's absolutely. I totally get that. And if you feel like, gosh, I would just feel better if I had six more months of him at home. Now, you know, when he's fourteen, you're not going to want to do that. But no. when he's 15, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> and so you're just going to have to decide. Some programs uh, is is your school program. Would they let you just send in some days and not some days, and you just kind of decide what's going to work for y'all and not work? I think, but I'm not completely certain, Laura. I haven't looked into it enough yet because I'm still in denial that he's almost three. So I haven't looked into it. And I really think that we've got a good fit, like you said. You know, we have a good fit with him. He can still go to the preschool that he's at now on Mondays. And and I think next year, well, he's done so well that we're going to do Monday and Wednesdays next year. Yeah. Um, So he he is moving right along. You're moving right along. You're moving yeah, right yeah, along. So, you're, yeah, and so just yeah. figure out what you think, what you know is going to work best for y'all, and don't do anything that you're not comfortable with. Now, as moms, and you know this from your years of teaching, sometimes we do tend to cling when our babies don't want us to, and when it's not good for us to do that anymore. But mm-hmm. you'll be able to make that decision and decide, you know, and you've already decided next year we're going to do two days, we're going to do two mornings, or however you know you work that out. So you, you've got a handle on that. You trust yourself with that. Okay. Back to the processing thing, I want you to always not jump too far ahead. You know, if you've worked on the two items and he does that pretty consistently and he doesn't need quite as much lag time, if he's still taking a lot of time to do any skill, you know that you're going to need more practice until it becomes more automatic. And don't always rush ahead. Give him plenty of time to kind of master a skill. And so... The two-step commands, that kind of sounds like to me where you all need to be focused as far as processing goes. And you know, process is synonymous with receptive language. So you're just going to keep working on that and, and just, again, keep giving him opportunities to demonstrate that he knows what you're talking about. And keep doing your careful observation with, oh, my goodness, this is something new. This is, I, you know, this is what he's trying to tell me. And then just... Reinforce, reinforce, reinforce. Like the the example that you gave of the Madagascar play thing. Look for more things like that that he's doing. Look at what Adler's doing and try to, you know, facilitate that with Beckham too as far as play goes. And be sure that you're, you know, not just so hyper-focused on this talking thing that you missed all of these other wonderful new things that are coming in, you know, cognitively. And we always know that we measure cognition best through play. And so, you know, just keep, Again, priming that little pump in all areas of his development because it is so connected, and you know all these all these things that you're doing in OT really are going to have a profound effect on how he's able to talk. And same thing with gross motor coordination; that's going to help not only you know his fine motor coordination, but that's going to help his play skills. When he has better control of his body, he's going to play better with toys. And so just you sound like, both of you sound like you know what you're doing, you've got it going on, just keep doing it. Okay, okay. That sounds, that's exactly what we needed to hear. Exactly, <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, you both just sound fantastic. I'm so proud of you. Again, I wish I could just reach to the front phone and give you big hugs and say, you're doing it, you're doing it, you're doing it. You know, this is perfect. This hey, is hey. exactly what I would do, too. It's exactly what I would do. Yay. Well, that, make, that's, that, that makes, makes us feel so, great. so much better, yes. Okay, good. Now, are you going to – I want to hear in, let's say, three months, we need another call so we can hear all of the wonderful new things that he's learned how to do, okay? You bet. Absolutely. That's great. Okay, if you have any other questions, be sure that you're emailing me back. I told you I'm going to send my notes to you all so that if we missed anything that you can um, look at that. And, again, if you want to, even before three months, if you have anything else that you want to talk about, I'd love to do it again because I know this show is going to help so many people today, so many moms who need to get off the fence and work a little harder, and then so many therapists who need needed new ideas. And, Marissa, you are an excellent example of what you can accomplish with a child when you partner with the mom and when you oh recognize that mom <laughs> knows what's going on and that she can tell you things that you would never know about her kid because she's with them all the time. You're an excellent example of that. And thank you, thank you, thank you for being willing to participate in this conversation today so therapists can see this is how it's supposed to look. This is this is the ideal, and you guys are, are just a wonderful example of that. Thank you. Well, thank you. Such a compliment <laughs> coming from you, Ms. Laura, yes. that's for sure. And I can't even oh. say enough about Ms. Marissa because we are just so blessed to have found her. And, you know, she has no ego attached to her, uh, you know, fancy labels of speech-language pathology. You know, not that they all do, but you know what really? I'm saying. She's so humble and so willing to learn and and to to realize that Beckham's pretty. It is he is unique, but also uh, just because he has a, a unique gene mutation doesn't mean it's kind of the same things you're doing with a lot of other strugglers. So, right. um, no, it's it doesn't matter so much the the label as you know what where is he and where do we need to start and how do we get there and you know and she's willing to do whatever it takes and oh we are just we couldn't be more grateful. Well, I am so glad that you two found each other because, Marissa, don't you think you're learning a lot right now, too, by having Beckham and, and Angela on your page? Oh, I mean, I could honestly say I've probably more learned more from Angela than she has from me. I mean, honestly, it's just been such a learning experience for me. I mean, I'm I'm brand new. I just finished my CFY this week. So, oh, which my is ex- gosh. Well, so, let me say the rest of your career will never be the same as if right. you had if you had not had this wonderful family and this opportunity or this early on to shape how you feel about things and how you practice and some people can go 10 or 15 years working without learning some of the lessons you're learning right now so i i just this is so good for you and i'm so happy that you've had the opportunity to do that it's it's been my honor to work with them, and like I said, it's just um, so helpful for me too as a new uh, new SLP. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, we're going to get off here because I know y'all have to move on, and I do too. Today is my twenty eighth wedding anniversary, so I've got. Oh, happy anniversary! anniversary. I know. I'm starting my weekend a little early, getting this call done. Hey. Kind of moving on. I'm moving on to the other part of my life. But I do so want to hear about him. And so let's see, it's April, so May, June, July. About midsummer, I want one of y'all to email me, and then we're going to schedule another show. Okay? Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Yes. 
All right. Y'all go have a great rest of your Friday and weekend and hang in there. You're both doing the right stuff. I, w- I, I just think you're doing great. He's so lucky to have y'all. Thank you, right. Laura. Thank you so much. You have a great right. weekend, too. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.